Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buff Nation! Let's go. Welcome in to DMVR Buffs Primetime. We're presented by Illegal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Jake and RK. Nuggets, game three tonight. The bar's already popping. I know. I don't, I don't know why, but it is <laughs> popping downstairs. It's popping for no one. Yes, it I is. I guess for us. I guess, yeah. They're, they're getting us pumped up with some, you know... Um, Mid 2010s pop jams. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the prime of our lives, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a fun show today. We'll have Victory Johnson here very, very shortly, and then uh, lots of stuff coming out today on the Pac-12 media deal and the NCAA football game. Let's just get to it then. Let's bring in Victory. We had a great talk yesterday. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Joining me now on the show, we've got Victory Johnson, 2023 linebacker recruit, now a freshman. Uh, You've already been at CU for a while, man. Just how's this experience been for you the last six months? Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy everything I've been able to do, you know, having time to explore the city and see all the parts and explore nature here is really amazing. My favorite part, putting in all that work and grinding the, the offseason with all the winter lifts and runs, and now starting summer for training, it's been it's been amazing. I, I, I love it. I love it. What's your summer been like so far? Did you get to go back home to San? Yeah, so I, I went back in in May, like the last three weeks of May. I was back at home. Um, got to enjoy some family time, and then we headed back like the day before Memorial Day to get set up. And our new dorms and everything, but it was it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was good to be home. Awesome, man. Uh, you were telling me before we started that you were uh, out there coaching kids today. Uh, one of the many camps kind of going on. You guys got a lot of stuff going on over the last few weeks. But what's that been like, kind of being a coach now and trying to you know coach these kids up? Yeah, it's been a fun experience these past couple of days. Um, trying to wrangle all these kids up and and teach them some some good principles um, for the game and, you know, like having a toe behind the line and staying disciplined and not going until we say go, but at the same time, just enjoying the game and having fun. It's, it's been a fun experience, especially I was working with uh, coach Mathis with these kids, a group of kids on this drill and just having fun, man, teach them, teach them as much as we can, but at the same time, just letting them play ball. So you committed to Colorado back in November, actually, before all the coaching changes and all that stuff happened, um, before the coaching change even happened, why did you decide to commit to Colorado? What about it? The school kind of attracted you. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, really tough decision, um, coming down to my like top schools and kind of figure everything out with my family and 
where I was going to go and where I saw myself the most. And what I heard from conversations with people of all different walks of life around the game, coaches, um, family members, my older brother being recruited, uh, my dad being a coach, other coaches, players that are in college football, they all said the same thing, and that was go where you're needed, not wanted. And the Colorado just felt like I was needed in the program, and, and they really, really needed me. Um, to come contribute or other schools they wanted me they really did want me I just felt I felt a certain connection um, to the school and I loved Boulder as a city that was beautiful I, I was lucky enough to come on some really beautiful days um, in the fall and earlier in the spring and so those days were amazing and seeing the mountains is something I've never seen before up in San Diego so we see beaches but you know we can see all that nature and stuff and so I just fell in love with the, 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 the campus and the city and the, and the people there. I thought that there was, there was such a high potential for the program as a whole. I think Boulder has every tool you need to be a top team in, in um, Division One. Like, we have a beautiful city. There's Denver right across the way, which is a really fun place to go to and hang out and explore. You have nature right away, right over um, – near Lions and all these different places. And the campus is beautiful. So the academics are great. The facilities are amazing. So I just feel like it, it had every tool to be a great, great program. And then Coach Prime came, and that just solidified that decision even more. What was that kind of month like where, you know, the Buffs are finishing out the season last year. Obviously, they're not very good. Um, the coaching staff gets let go, and then Coach Prime comes in. What was that like for you, and how did that kind of factor into, you know, you were already committed, but to your decision to kind of recommit to the program, really? Yeah, so it was honestly pretty stressful. I didn't know what was going to happen. A lot of us, the commits that were uh, 34 ended up um, not staying, and so it was, it was kind of a stressful time, but luckily uh, Coach Hart had called me, and we had a couple of really good conversations on the phone. Um the same, the day that Coach Prime was announced, the day after that, he had called me and we had a bunch of conversations on the phone, got set up for another official visit. And as someone who had taken official before, the old staff, being able to see the new staff and how they interact with each other and how they care and, and the principles they're teaching and the vision and the future they see for the program, it was like, oh yeah, like this is, this is gonna be something very, very, very special. And so that was like, I, I, I quickly connected with Coach Hart as well. I, the drills he was having uh, his linebackers do over at Jackson State that he was showing me and the same drills that we do in practice were drills that I, I love to do and, and definitely see the, the products that he had. And he had Aubrey Miller, who is his first backer to go to the, one of his, one of his uh, first backers to go to the league. And he just got signed to a multi-year deal and he's doing well, so. Seeing all that come to fruition, I was like, I definitely, definitely could see myself being very successful with this staff. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Your brother's here too. You mentioned Champion. Um, he was, of course, I think a year older than you, right? Or is he two years older than you? He is 21 right now. I'm 18. He's, I think, academically. Oh, yeah, academically, academically, he's two years older though. Yeah, he's a he's an academic junior right now, and then I'm a freshman. What's that been like, just playing with him now and uh, just being able to be brothers on the same team now? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I think, like, 
that was one of the really big reasons I was so comfortable coming to, to Colorado early um, without any family or really anybody else was to have my brother there and have him as someone I can always go to and be supportive and we kind of push each other to work harder. I push him to do certain things. He pushes me to do certain things and you know, we enjoy it. It was a, there was a moment in the spring game. Um, my whole family was there. So I had probably 15 to 20 people there coming to watch us and I line up and I look over and I'm trying to get the plan. And I look over and I, I see my brother just lined up right in front of me. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's amazing to see like 47,000 people like, and then we're right in the middle, right at lining up across each other for the first time. And I don't know, three, four years. So it was amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing to have him there. That's awesome, man. Uh, you kind of mentioned the spring game there. What were your expectations kind of going into it and were they surpassed when the spring game happened and you saw all those people there? Oh, in terms of the fan base, like I thought because there was no plan, there's no, there's nothing about snow the day before I checked the weather. There was nothing about snow. And then the day of it was supposed to snow for an hour and it ended up snowing the whole day. So I was thinking, Oh, like, I don't know, maybe like 30,000 will show up. Like it won't be like a full stadium because it's snowing. Like nobody expected it to snow. And then we go back in after warm-ups and come back out. And I look up and every seat is filled. I was like, I was like, there's no way they like packed this thing out. That is, it was, it was a surreal moment. It was like, I almost didn't even get nervous. I was just like, this is, this is amazing to see how many people and how supportive they are of Coach Prime and the program and what we're doing and what we're trying to show them. So amazing yeah man buff nation's something else aren't they oh yeah for sure for sure <laughs> um you mentioned you were an early enrollee of course you were here you know kind of through the spring semester um so you met and you knew a lot of those guys who were on the team you know from last year what was kind of your reaction as you know you saw them all transfer out and just going through that process from your eyes yeah i mean it kind of it always sucks to to see some of those guys i was good friends with and had built connections with, um, leave and go to their other places. But it was also exciting to see how Coach Prime is bringing in some of the top guys out of the portal and guys that are really going to change the the direction of the program. So it was it was a, it was pretty bittersweet, I'd say. Um, sad to see those guys go, but excited to see where this program is heading and all the guys that are coming in now getting to know these guys is has been amazing because they're all hardworking dogs that. Are, are coming to eat and that's what that's exactly what we need so what have the past few weeks kind of been like or i guess even just the last week with all those new guys kind of coming in and you guys all getting to know each other each other in gel yeah it's been fun i mean we had a memorial day barbecue which was awesome to get to know everybody and learn each other's names and where they're from and what school they've been at and, and all those things it's, it's cool to see people from all different walks of lives of lives coming together to you know unite over this game and, and this is this one goal that we have and to be successful and to run this program all the way through everybody that we play and to just see to see all those people come together it's it's really cool to, to, to meet all those people yeah we're looking forward to seeing you guys all on the field together too man we can't wait um, just you know as being an early enrollee and all those guys that kind of started early there um, how much easier did that kind of make th picking up things as a freshman, you know, picking up not only the defense, but just like the culture of CU um, and just kind of getting to know your surroundings a bit more. What was that like? 
Yeah, I think it was it was really really helpful. I had a moment with my my roommate Ryan Staub, who's also a, a early grad, um, and just like Ryan, like, did you did you regret like graduating early? Like, and kind of thought about it, and I was like, no, that was that was an amazing decision. Like, just for me mentally, um, we all had to learn a new defense, but the pace that we learned the defense and how how many concepts and things that I had to understand and pick up on as quickly as possible, and then perform those it was it was a it's a huge advantage to now know and understand those as we reteach to you know the new players and be able to kind of have that that edge over people mm-hmm. right i know what i'm doing i can just react i can just play ball um it's 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 a huge advantage and then yeah getting comfortable like where my classes are where campus is you know food spots where to where to eat where to hang out you know it's it, i think it was a huge advantage and i, I really enjoyed it yeah that's awesome, man. Um, we've got a few more questions, then I'll let you go. Um, but just kind of as a player, how would you describe yourself? You know, what players did you do you like to watch uh, as you were kind of growing up and adding pieces to your game? Um, and then how do you kind of fit into this defense? Yeah, so I, my favorite all time favorite linebacker to watch his um, highlight tape. I watch his highlight tape for almost every game is Ruben Foster at mm. Alabama. Um, when he was at Alabama, just, I mean, his, his first year playing, just coming down on kickoff and just full speed with that, that neck roll, just, and he hit, <laughs> he hit Leonard Fournette, like nobody had ever really stunned him, Leonard Fournette like that. And he came in just full speed and boomed him. And I was like, that, that, that play and that aggressiveness and that just dog and lack of, of care and just, just full speed explosiveness to see his play is like a kind of how I want to, I want to play. I want to be that, that punisher that dude is going to come downhill and just fly and, and, and punish people and then play the game. I love to play and be smart also and, and reactive and just go be downhill. But also uh, I love Bobby Wagner. I think he's a, he's a great dude to watch. And then um, in terms of pass rushers, I love Von Miller. I think he's a, he's a dude who's just, who's, dope to watch and then Phillips on the Dolphins I think he's like my most comparable player mm-hmm. he's like he's got kind of got the same frame he's a lot bigger obviously because he's in the league but he's a dude I, that will go down at buck and 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 be an edge rusher but also be inside and play inside and he'll go cover outside the box I think that's where that's where I see myself as a player is that versatility is that's kind of what I'm starting to work into on this defense as well um now that I've been able to learn the inside position, I can now um, start to learn in certain packages the edge rusher position and be able to start pass rushing and learning that. So I'll probably start doing that this summer as we continue to install things, continue to install different packages and whatnot. Um, that's how I see myself as a player, as a versatile player like that. That's awesome, man. We've kind of figured out that, or just from watching the players that they've added, that that's really what they're looking for. You know, guys like Jeremiah Brown, um, Coach Hart has said also he's going to play off ball, on ball. Um, what's the hardest part kind of playing both those positions? Um, is there one position that's harder to learn than the other? Or is it just about, you know, training and trying to get all the nuances down? I think each position kind of has their own, um, not pros and cons, but like difficulties and, and things that are easier. I think inside linebacker is such a mental position. I mean, you could be fast and explosive and strong, but if you're hesitant and you don't know what you're really doing, you're kind of 
thinking through what you're doing the whole time, it's hard to shoot a gap or drop back in the coverage and you're kind of guessing. But if you know it mentally, then you can shoot gaps. You can tell the D-line what they're going to do. You can hear what the safeties are telling you and know where you're supposed to line up and all these different things. I'd say outside the, the edge position um, isn't as mentally difficult, but I think physically in terms of technique and and knowing, okay, the the tackle is setting with low hands. I have to do this move and just reacting that quickly and being strong as well physically is, is, is I think, a little bit harder than inside. I think inside it still has that, that technique. I just think edge is just such a purely technique, speed, power mm-hmm. position that you kind of just have to have it. You either you have it or you don't have it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, awesome, man. You've been great on the show today. We really appreciate your time. We'll have to have you back. Um, we're getting excited, though, man. We're excited to see what you guys do this season on the field, and uh, we're happy that you're all kind of coming together as a team and all in front of our eyes. It's been a lot of fun to watch from afar. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm super, super excited to see what we do this season and, you know, get to work. Yes, sir. Well, thanks again, Victory. We'll talk soon, man. Yeah. Thank you. Dude killed it. Yeah, he did. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, number one thing that stood out to me was Ruben Foster. I know, me too. Yeah. Um, because not that that tape isn't special. It's just you don't expect like you usually expect to hear a big name, a guy who's been a stud, a pro bowler, whatever it may be. Um, and that was very specific. Uh, and to be honest, I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um Ruben Foster obviously had, you know, his issues, but as a player and that aggressiveness um, is what I would love to hear a linebacker say they want to bring, like talking about being reckless with his body. And, you know, obviously you want these guys to stay healthy, but as a football fan or a football coach, hearing a player talk about how they want to play, you know, with kind of like a reckless abandonment is a great thing to hear. Yeah, Reuben Foster was an absolute beast in college yes. and the NFL. Yes. I mean, it's, he was just cracking guys. He was a super instinctive. Just yep. he always knew where the ball was. Watching him and Fred Warner when they were together for that short time in San Francisco was really like the build or the start of what could have been a special linebacking core. Yep, for uh, sure. Von Miller shout out too, though. Yes, a Von shout out. Bobby Wagner. Yep. Um, just a just a great interview, man. Great job. Thanks, man. Uh, it was fun. He was great. We'll have to have him back sometime. Um, quick shout out to Shador's number two. Goes great on absolutely everything. Wings, uh, brisket, pulled pork, you name it. If it's on the grill, Shador's is the sauce for that. PLBSE.com is where you need to go to get your hands on Shador's number two barbecue. When you're there, use the code ALLCITY at checkout. You'll get 10% off your order of Shador's number two. You also get that sweet QR code on the screen. And then right in front of us, we got the sign from our friends at Saturday Neon. Company started by two friends and former college roommates at CU. They make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. They're Denver-based. They've got a ton of other teams, so go ahead and check them out. Uh, Colorado, Arizona, Bama, Wisconsin, Auburn, and many, many more. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use the code DMVR. You'll get 10% off your order today. And they offer free shipping for orders over $200. Let the buff shine. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, the spirit of the buffs is strong today. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. There's been some 
some news today. I don't know if it's like how real it is. I know this conference realignment stuff is so hard to follow because there's just so much shit out there. It's wild. So, I mean, we're in the same situation. The people who have been back in the pack and have been reporting on that are continuing to do so. Today, John Canzano uh, put out an article. I can't read. It's behind a paywall, so I can't really go and tell you guys what it says. But he basically is saying that a grant of rights has been agreed on. Uh, they're still negotiating, or they have negotiated revenue sharing, sponsorship rights, etc. He says all 10 members are ready to sign. But a grant of rights is different than a media deal. Immediate, you need... You can have a grant of rights without having a media deal. Mm -hmm. The grant of rights is like the skeleton of that framework. It's basically just signing on the dotted line that we agree that, you know, this is going to be the media deal. This is the payout, blah, blah, blah. The only challenge is there's no media deal right now. Yeah. And so I think what this is essentially goes back to the reporting that we had heard from God knows who a couple of weeks ago, which was like, if the Pac-12 gets, what was it, $25 million a year yeah. out of their media deal, then the schools will stay. Mm -hmm. Anything less, schools will start leaving. I think that's, a, in general, what we're talking about here. Yep. The schools have agreed, if you can get this level of media deal, we're in. Um, and maybe that's a, a step in the right direction for the Pac-12 to then now go back to whoever they're talking to and say, okay, here's the deal. If we can get this deal done we have a promise from this all 12 schools that they're going to stay because maybe that's a, a hang-up right if colorado has one foot out the door and they're you know the most marketable team left in the conference then espn or whoever is saying well we want to see what colorado does first so if the buffs and other schools then promise to stay as long as it's a certain price then maybe that helps pac-12 go back and say okay Colorado said they're in as long as it's over 25. So uh, Ross Dellinger quote tweeted that John Canzano article. And he said, for weeks now, Pac-12 schools have verbally agreed to a grant of rights with a merit-based revenue sharing model. Keyword here is verbally. Verbal can become signature binding with a satisfactory media rights deal. So they're on the same page, it seems, right now. But when that deal comes across the table and depending on where it lands... That's, I think, when the fallout finally begins. But it feels like we're actually moving towards something a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we get some kind of announcement here soon, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I can only imagine the Pac-12 feels like they're close to getting something. If they're, if you know, they're kind of putting this out there, help, you know, hoping for this to get done, they got to feel like, okay, well, if we can get the agreement, the verbal agreement from these schools, then we can get this done. I'm assuming that's what's happening here. So uh, CU Barstool tweeted out, yeah, because verbal agreements have always worked out well for the Pac-12 and show the, uh, the screenshot of the alliance. Yes. <laughs> Which, what did that even do for anyone? It literally did nothing because right after that happened, USC said, see ya, and they went to the Big Ten. Right. Some alliance. Yeah, exactly. I don't think uh, most alliances steal from each other. Right. Uh, the other news, I guess, of the day, college football, this is from on three, Pete Nakos again, College Football Players Association organizing boycott of 2024 EA Sports video game, Ryan. I'm so conflicted on this, Jake. It's hard, yeah. 
because I get it. Yeah. The players are saying, hey, look, this game isn't that cool without us. Although I would argue it would be fine without their names. Um, but they're saying, how much money are you guys going to make on this? And how much money are we going to make on this? And from a business perspective, I kind of understand the other side of this, which is like, it sounds like the pool for players is like $9 million. That's so, a lot of money. Yeah. But the problem is you're, you're compensating everyone, you know, this is no disrespect, but I'm just saying like, you're compensating um, the Landon BBs of the world, the same that you're compensating the Travis Hunters of the world. Right. Like one of those players, someone is buying the game to play with. And one of those players is an offensive lineman, you know, that is just a, sto a, a kind of part of the story. You can't, I don't think you could do a situation where you're paying some guys more than others. Now, what I would maybe consider is, do you take that, do you take that 9 million and split that amongst the 100 most popular players and make sure that you get them in the game? Right. And then just say like, Hey, um, we'll give you a free copy if you sign off, <laughs> you know, to whoever it may be, uh, Jalen Sami. Right. You're saying like, Hey, if you sign off, you get a free copy. If not, then you're just DT number 99. So Justin Falcinelli, I looked up this pronunciation. Ah, wow. <laughs> this is this is a character development. This is a personal growth. Um, he was a Clemson center, uh, won two national titles. He's I don't know if he's the head, but he is like. Oh, so he's the vice president of the College Football Players Association. So I didn't even know that they had officially formed a players. Association. I, neither did I till today. Yeah. So anyway, he put out a letter kind of urging players to hold out, really, and try to get a better deal. Uh, we've been the number we've had is five hundred dollars for each player. I think what'd you say nine million is what that comes out to? Yeah, something in that range. So the last time this game came out was in twenty thirteen. One point five million copies were sold. Um, and then when the Ed Bannon case came through, I believe that was twenty sixteen. That's basically what killed the game. Mm -hmm. um, but that lawsuit ended up resulting in players getting paid from previous appearances in the game. That came out Jeez. to... Really quick, I just did some quick math. If they sold 1.5 million copies at 60 bucks a copy, that's $90 million. Yes, it's, it's crazy, I know. And this game is going to sell. Of course. But that's 10% currently in that... Again, loose math here. Um, that would be going to the players if they sold the same amount. They're probably going to sell double mm -hmm. or close to it. So, you know, maybe it's 5%. But I think the hardest part is the equal compensation. And I think that's where they could maybe work on a better deal is can you, can you incentivize the real stars? Right. Because if you get the top 10 players to all say, well, we're in, you probably get everyone else to follow suit. Exactly. So when that case was settled, 29,000 players, basketball and football players who were featured in those video games before they were basically killed by this lawsuit, 29,000 players paid out an average of $1,200. Quick maths. That is $34.8 million. Wow. So this was compensating the players retroactively. That yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so just some quotes in this article from 
Falcinelli. Let's go. <laughs> um, just talking about, I mean, he's brought up Caleb Williams and Drake May saying, why would they take this deal? They don't need to take this deal. They could obviously get more money. Um, and just all the players should get more money is what he's saying. But we'll see. I see. So a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people in the comments are saying like, well, it's fine. Just put QB number 13, blah, 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 and let's keep going. You can't. I don't know if you can really do that, though, because right. that's what killed the game. That is what the previous case was about. Yes. And they lost. Yeah. Or they settled. They settled. Yeah. They settled. Um, so I think you do probably need some sort of agreement. Now, I don't think you need all players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe you can't even use their number like the correct number. So if if they went out, could they do like Caleb Williams doesn't sign, can he be quarterback number 15? Right. But everyone knows who it is cuz he's the best player in the game. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's tough. But this I don't know. Part of me wants to say like you're getting paid $500 for doing nothing. I know. Is is and and then like, is there any part of like love of the game? Spread the word, you know, like imp- improve the popularity of college football. Is there any part of that? Do, do they bear any responsibility in that? The part of me says no, but also part of me is just like, come on, like <laughs> you're getting like you're getting five hundred bucks. We're gonna bring the game back. Everyone loves this thing. It's like, I don't know if it's that exploitive, right? If that's a word. Close enough. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, and I, I don't know how much they should they should fairly expect. Obviously, EA is going to make a ton of money off of this game, but they're also developing the game. It's not like you know they're just. It's different than the NCAA making millions and millions and millions off the backs of these players who are actually playing and putting their bodies on the line. Yes. That's so different. This doesn't impact them in any way and getting paid for it to me is pretty cool getting paid to be in a video game um like it's a hard line to draw what's fair is a thousand dollars fair compensation why is that any different than 500 you know Mm. like obviously it's more money but part of me just says like come on guys you're getting paid 500 bucks to be in a video game like what more do you want you don't have to do anything you don't do anything ever yep we'll see um this is this feels like the start of this though really came up this week talking about boycotting the game and i don't think this story is going to be going away anytime soon unfortunately hopefully they figure it out some positive news though um last and to be fair if they can get a better deal and keep things going on i'm all for it for sure what i am afraid of uh is ea simply saying like we can't afford to pay every player two thousand dollars or whatever they may fight for um and so like this the the dream is dead it's tough man hope for uh, our sake we get this game out in our hands yep so yesterday cu buffs put out a tweet um collectively cu students posted the highest spring gpa on record do you see this the 3.15 the football team yes. in the first semester under Coach Prime had a program best GPA last semester. Claps for all involved. Mm-hmm. 
all the players, Coach Prime, um, Chris Livingston, who does, you know, who is the, um, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of student athlete uh, advocate or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like academic advisor, exactly. Um, great job to everyone. And Jake, I don't think this is a coincidence. No. Coach Prime has these boys on their P's and Q's. Yes. And he is not going to tolerate anything less um, than good grades. It's a new standard in Boulder. Yes. So they had a 2.932 GPA last semester. That's the first time ever the football team has gone over 2.9 GPA. It is also the third time they went over 2.8 GPA all in the last five uh, semesters, I believe. So some cool stuff. You love to see. Yeah, really, really impressive and uh, honestly exciting. I, I, I don't think anyone could have just predicted the impact, the immediate impact that Coach Prime would have on everything from the quality of player here to the effort they're putting in the weight room to apparently the effort they're putting in in the classroom. It's really cool. Yep. Smart and disciplined, as they're saying in the, the comments. Amen. Shout out to Bacchus and Shanker. They are here for you when you get hurt and have been helping out Colorado families for more than 25 years. There's no fees to speak with them about a case, no fees while they work on your case, and no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. They're also big Nuggets fans. Hell yeah, they are. Uh, Neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. The two-man game, for sure. (laughs) One of the best uh, duos in Denver. Yeah. (laughs) Bacchus and Shanker help with all kinds of injured cases where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Hit them up at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. And then Shady Rays. The sun is back out in Denver. It's a beautiful day. Oh, yeah. Banger. Uh, Shady Rays has you covered. Extremely clear polarized lenses, durable frames, and every pair backed by their lost and broken replacement. What are you laughing at? Someone said thanks to that guy who transferred from the Ivy League. Yeah, Shane Coke. <laughs> probably posting a 4.0. It's oh, you. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude's killing it. Grad transfer, too, though. Yes. I don't so know. he's getting... Oh, are they counting? Is that just undergraduate GPA? Oh, no. I think that's just the entire yeah. team. So he's getting his graduate degree. For sure. Uh, you can shop Shady Ray's entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall or go online to ShadyRays.com. When you're there, make sure you use the code DMVR. You'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you could try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Gotta say, um, did you see the video of JB, Jeremiah Brown, uh, with the kids at the camp yesterday? Yeah, it was awesome. It was so awesome. And it took me back, dude. I used to go to Gary Barnett football camp (laughs) in Boulder when I was a kid. And it was the highlight of my summer, like every year. I don't know if they're doing this, but at the camp I went to, you stayed in the dorms. So you were on campus for like a week, staying in the dorms. You had like roommates, like you're in school. It was kind of run like you were on the team. Like you had a morning meeting. You had to like get up and go to the (laughs) Dow Ward Center. And, you know, the coach would kind of get like, it was uh, either Gary Barnett or Brian Cabral, who's Uh still around, um, would give like an awesome speech. Then you'd split up into position groups. uh, And then... The part that I just remember the most is you, we played a game called Buff Ball, which I'm sure is called different things in different places. But it was football, but you could throw the ball from anywhere. Mm. So it was like a mix of like football and ultimate frisbee. Right. And it was so much fun. Big tournament. 
Um, and yeah, so I, it was like a very nostalgic moment watching that video. And Jer JV looked amazing. Like he did such a great job. I'm like, okay, we got to get him on the show. Yeah. ASAP, that energy is uh, contagious. He killed it. He could be a coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll have to have him on. We'll have some really cool interviews coming up, I think. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Rex, news points to Pac-12 announcement by Friday. Any further updates? We just talked about it. I haven't seen the Friday deadline, though, but it feels like hopefully soon. <laughs> I'm not making any timing predictions. They, it's got This saga has to end at some point. We can't take this into the season. There's just no way. No. Steven asks, which game will be more rowdy, Nebraska at 10 a.m. or CSU at 8 p.m.? This is easy. CSU. Yeah. Uh, both will be rowdy, but you give 10 more hours for drinking. Oh, yeah. Um, some things are going to get a little wild. Also, the the CU-CSU rivalry is a lot more about the students, whereas like CU-Nebraska rivalry is more about the, the old-timey fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like myself um so i think that like what you're gonna get is a group a small group of csu students who you know are coming up there and running their mouths and it's gonna get rowdy oh, yeah. and all that stuff um so that that changes it a little bit i think this the current students probably understand or a lot of them will understand the significance of the nebraska game but there's not this like hate that exists right. as much uh justin our guy from dmvr rams we've been texting about the game already and yeah, he's fired up. I'll say that. <laughs> it's rare that a team gets to play their Super Bowl in week three. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Warren with a super sticker. 20 bucks. Thanks, Warren. Pair character sliding on the floor on his knees saying, goal. This is a reference to Messi coming to the MLS? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> um, what is Victory Johnson's height and weight? He's Give big. me two seconds. He is listed at 6'4", 230. Yep. And growing. And gro freshman, yeah. yeah. Uh, his brother's a big kid, too. Man. A bit older, but... Um, if he gets up, I mean, his frame looks like it can hold weight. He could get up to 6'4", 255 and uh -huh. be like a menace in there. Yep. Especially if he wants to hit like Ruben Foster. Champion is six one two fifty. He played quite a bit in the spring game. Yeah, second third team, but yeah. he was on the field for sure. MLN, what's going to happen to the players who entered the portal and haven't been offered slash accepted? Alvin Williams, Zico, Jordan Wolverton, Nigel Bethel, Travis Gray, and others. Travis Gray committed to New Mexico. Um, <sighs> but man. this is. The tough part about the portal, man. Sometimes you go in and you just never get out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's... I don't know if there's anyone who hasn't gotten a single offer. Right. Um, so they have time to accept these offers and get on campus. I would recommend they get there by the time fall camp starts. Um, but, you know, they're, they're probably going to end up having to go to really low schools. Yep. Um, at least low compared to where they started. Uh, I don't think anyone... Well, we'll see. I don't expect anyone to just, like, essentially have to drop out of college because they entered the transfer portal and now they have nowhere right. to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's some guys... There's I'm not definitely going to be some Division Two. Might be Juco. Yeah, Juco. Like, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to out any names, but there are some players I've just been curious, you know, what happens. Let's see what happens to them and yeah. uh, not a lot has come out, so. Yep. Uh, Nicholas, where do you guys think CU's offense will rank in the Pac-12? Sky's the limit, honestly. Better than USC? I think that's probably, like, it would sound crazy to say that they're going to rank better than USC. Mm -hmm. But after USC, I think it's a it's a toss-up for the rest of the Pac-12. Um, Washington, you know, is going to be very good. Uh, Oregon is always going to have a strong offense. Utah is always going to do their thing. Uh, but... I don't think there's any like solid like you expect Caleb Williams to go out there and have the best offense in the Pac-12. I think it's fair to expect that. Beyond that, I think anyone it's anyone's ball game. That's the thing with the Pac-12 is it's like there's such a like wide variance. Like the top offensive teams in the Pac-12 are literally like some of the best offensive teams in the nation, and then you have some of the worst teams in the nation in the same conference. So, yep. I mean, if you finish anywhere in the top half of this conference and like. I don't know, yards per game, points per game, something like that. You're a pretty good offense. Yeah, Charles Lester's coming to Boulder this weekend. Yep. CL3. Vel, what's up? Did you all see Coach Sal asking for three DT walk-ons? Um, I did not. I didn't either. Well, <laughs> probably not from what they said. but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, what do you mean? I'll tell you later. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I so I have this depth chart piece coming too. Um, it'll be out later today, but that's one of the areas where it's just like, yeah, you're kind of even corner too. Like you're like four or five deep there, but after that, it's literally like nothing. Yeah, for sure. Trucking with Tony predictions on upcoming commitments. Uh, Boo Carter coming? Boo Carter, please. I know someone in the, was in the comments the other day saying, don't get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. He's going to Tennessee. Yep. Uh, I will continue praying for a miracle. Who else? He How said he's guaranteed to be a top 10 pick if he comes to Colorado. How could he not come <laughs> here? Um. Yeah, man. I think I feel good about it. How do you feel about CL3, Charles Lester III? <sighs> Can they break it, into his top I think it's going to be a, a signing day flip. Yeah? Yeah. Be three in a row, basically. Yep, exactly. Jason, is that Coach JB? <laughs> <laughs> Did anything come out of the Board of Regents meeting yesterday? Now I heard it's Friday. They scheduled another one, I guess, or something. Okay. I don't. This is why we don't cover those, though, is because it's... You never really know what comes out of it unless they say they're having a vote, which then everyone will talk right. about. It's not like they send us the meeting minutes. Right. <laughs> That'd should, be though. cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken asking, RK Jake, what's your favorite position room on the team? Love this mm. question. Um, especially because I consider Travis to be in this room wide receiver. I think that's mine, too. Safety room is stacked. It's hard not to love the running back room. That's a great Alton, one, too. Smoke and Dylan Edwards, too. The Alton McCaskill hype is justified, but I feel like it's like pushing back, pushing down some Dylan Edwards hype, which, like, 
people need to forget we were calling him every day Dylan for a reason because yeah. he was breaking off a big run every single day in practice. Yep. And I, it was obviously Bucky who's, who started saying every day, every day, whenever he was recording him doing that. But like Dylan Edwards is going to be a freak. I was writing the write-up for the running backs on the depth chart piece. You know, I write up out and I write up smoke. And then I got to Dylan Edwards like, well, and then I remembered that, that he was called every day Dylan. I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be on the field running the ball for yeah. sure. Wide receiver room is my favorite as well. I'll add that. Honestly, I would. I just felt silly saying it because it's there's literally no depth in the room. But quarterback. Oh, for sure. <laughs> quarterback is my favorite room because yeah. <laughs> of everyone, of all the players, of all the amazing players who have joined the team, no one is a bigger upgrade from what we had last year than Shador is from that quarterback room. Yep. So he's a one man. Just incredible improvement. <laughs> And then uh, victory roommates with Ryan Staub. Yes, very interesting. Love that man. I like my linebackers thinking like quarterbacks. Of course, he's gonna get uh, you know quarterback inception. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got Kaysen coming in too this uh, next few weeks if he's not already there. I just have this idea of of Kaysen as like he's like this super high energy like I don't, I don't even know why like I assume he just like talks mad shit on the field like he's got a great Twitter game I'll tell you that yeah yeah Roderick asks what have you heard about the JCU tailback being on campus um okay so my theory here I wouldn't read too much into this mm. there's a lot going on campus right now a lot of camps there's a lot of people on campus they had 2,000 kids the other day crazy and why would a running back be taking a midweek visit while the coaches are all busy with camps? So you're saying you don't think it was I him? I don't think it's him, no. Oh, man. People have been talking about this with like 100% confidence that it's him. Not I like, I think I might have seen him. And it's like, he was on campus. So I'm like, what I was thinking is like, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just, I think it's doubtful that it's him. Okay. Uh, Cormani shows up this weekend. I bet you the comments immediately are going to tell you it's 100% him. Of course, yeah. Super chat. Super chat from Adrian. Ryan, can we get Alpine Garage on the show? Would love to see y'all talk buffs. And why need a media deal when y'all already playing on Fox and ESPN? Well, we can get Alpine on here. Um, That'd be cool. Saw him in the comments earlier. Yeah, Shout here. out. Thanks for tuning in. Um, but I mean, we got a whole off season, so we, we got uh, plenty of shows. <laughs> we got a good another yeah, month be, and a it, half. It, it's always fun to bring in uh, different perspectives and those sort of things. So we'll get them on. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting question, but it's the media deal pays the bills. That's why you yeah. need it. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw someone also said like, how is you playing all these national games if they don't have a media deal? That's not really what the media deal is about. Also, it's the current one is still in place, but it's you need the media deal because the media deal is how you make all of your money. And this is goes for all sports mm -hmm. like, you know, I was talking about Rocky's attendance and someone sent me a thing about how much money they make off of these media deals. It's stupid. Like they essentially yeah. would be profitable. if No one went to a single game this year. How do you think they went through COVID? Right, right. So this is everything is that media deal and that's how you pay for coach prime salary and that's how you pay for the upgrades and that's honestly how you pay for uh other sports to like travel and stuff yep. it, 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 the whole athletic department 
rests on the shoulders of the media deal for the football team. And of course, the attendance for the football team makes a big difference too. like whatever that number that came out, they made 300,000 or something off of the spring game. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to make millions off of every home game this year, and that's going to fund the whole athletic program uh, department. Uh, it'd just be nice to know where you can find your games next season, too. So yep. that's why media deal is important. Yep. Hopefully soon, guys. Brandon asking, when does summer on-field practice start? Um, I don't know. I do have a date for uh, Pac-12 Media Day, though. Oh. Um, it's in Vegas, of course. Is that going to be the next time we hear from Coach Prime? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, media deal is on Friday, July 21st. Or you mean the uh, media day. Or media, media day. Media yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If the media deal comes out of Friday, J- July 21st, when we're all, when everyone's there. That's too long. Let's get this thing done. But could you imagine just interviewing George Kolovkov <laughs> right on the stand there? He's like, so yeah. what happened the last six months, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Anything else? Any open um, practices? I don't know. We don't. We haven't gotten anything really on the fall yet. See, the the uh, comments are telling you that was Wilkerson. It, it but could then be. someone else said it wasn't. So it could be. It's just it doesn't add up to me. I don't know. Is there a chance that he like is coming as a walk on or something along those lines? Like I think he's better than that. But I'm just yeah. trying to figure out like that's the only way I feel like there would be no news about it. Right. I'm on his Twitter page right now. He hasn't tweeted since May 26th. Um, it was about Coach Prime, though. It was about <laughs> a, on a book from JSU's 2022 season. Oh. He retweeted Shiloh's commitment video. Interesting. I, I haven't seen offers or... Well... I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out something eventually. We will. All right. All right. Good show today. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs.